Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here from, with Rainus from Agency JR. Um, and Rainus hey. is going to tell us about his, his seven-figure Black Friday formula. Was that right? You're going to tell us about, we're going to talk about QR, how to kick it out of the park, how to kick it out of the park on Black Friday. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, sir. The floor is yours, Rainus. How do we, how do we, how do we get massive sales on this Black Friday by, by email? Love that straight, straight into the value. So um, there obviously are a couple of traffic channels, but I'm going to be focusing primarily on email marketing. Uh, it's especially effective if you pair it together with any organic marketing channels you might have an SEO or, you know, paid social, organic social, so on and so forth. Um, right now in October, what we're focusing on is uh, we're going to the two, two main of the four phases for Q4. In October, we're focusing on number one, re-engaging the email list, and number two, uh, warming up the email list. So I'll start with the re-engagement part. Within your email list, no matter how frequently you message your customers, there are going to be some unengaged customers. People who have, let's say, opened email here and there, but then over the past, let's say, month or three months or half a year, they haven't opened any emails, so they're inactive. We send specific text-based messages that could be messages as, you know, they're seen as sent by the founder or by someone in the company. Text-based messages, do you mean text messages, SMS, or do you mean just literally text? Great question. It's it's text-based messages. So not not SMS, but email emails. Yeah. We can send the same thing on text too for just, you know, to kind of like warm people up towards the next uh, upcoming campaigns. But for email marketing, we send purely text-based email. So that's like, imagine Trevor, me and you just talking over in an email thread or you and your colleagues talking, you see a text-based email. You don't see any visuals. You don't see any product photos, nothing. It looks like someone's messaging me. You like a friend is messaging you. And uh, that's how we try to reignite these, these, uh, these relationships with the, uh, unengaged customers. Um, these emails can also lead to value. So for example, if you have a blog, if you have some sort of content that can help them you know, show how to use the product you're selling, that's also very useful. The next stage is the warm up stage. And there are two main uh, ways we warm up the email. Can, can I just stop you a sec there? So this yes. first email, this text based email, what, what, what kind of things does it say? Because it's quite a, you know, obviously, Retailers, in my experience, like to send these kind of quite rich emails. Yes. What kind of what kind of message? I mean, perhaps you could give us just an example of a retailer, like maybe a fashion brand or something like that. What what would you put in your first text based email? Yeah, great question. I will say keep it very conversational. The whole idea of it is to make it look authentic to the medium. Uh, it's like if you, for example, use Instagram, you want to post content that is on Instagram. If you use TikTok, you want to post content that's on TikTok. The same thing with, with an email. Imagine you need to send a letter to one of your customers and how would you write it? Typically with these re-engagement emails, we just get straight to the point. We get some, hey, look, like, hey, first name. We saw that you haven't been interacting with our emails recently, but I do want to let you know that soon we're going to be launching our Black Friday or Monday offers. Um, yeah, for example, you can click the link here. You can send the uh, the collection, for example, the latest collection of your of your clothes of your clothes, and tell them, hey, you can um, bookmark the, the 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 clothes you like, or you can. Um, how do you say it? Like add the basket, for example, add the basket the clothes you like. So you have them saved for Black Friday, every Monday to where, you know, we start the sales, you tap one button and you've purchased. So it's okay. literally like someone sending you a friendly message. 
as simple mm -hmm. as that. Okay, great. Yes, and this also uh, gives a couple of other benefits because you brought up a great point. A lot of the online retailers only send text, like visual rich, rich emails, but these text-based emails, they need to be sprinkled in. And there's a lack of these, these text-based emails, which kind of like kills the personalization of email marketing. Uh, if you, you can, for example, have a brand's avatar that, you know, sends messages to the audience and they can build a relationship. The audience can build a relationship with one person rather than, rather than just a brand. And then you can have a mix of, you know, your imaginary character, you send messages from, or maybe like a real CEO, real person from the company and the visual emails as well. So you mix the two together for the maximum effectiveness. Okay, great. Yes. Then um, we move on to the re-engagement phase. And there are two kind of like sides to the, two sides to the re-engagement phase. Uh, is a relationship warm-up. Uh, and side two is the technical warm-up. So relationship warm-ups is where we, for example, send them again messages, whether that's visual or text-based as well, talking about uh, the brand itself, the brand's mission, maybe some charitable uh, donations the brand has made, basically building a better relationship with the brand and building the brand's image in the customer's eyes. With this, we also send, uh, we also send for example, um, value emails. So these can be emails like top three tips on how to use product tax. Or if let's say you sell clothes, uh, top styling, styling tips for this winter. So we give people ideas and we can, for example, showcase our product in a non-salesy way. This also leads us to the second side of the warm-up, which is the technical side, technical warm-up. And there are two ways to do this. Option A is to um, set up a custom sending domain if you haven't had that. If you, for example, use Klaviyo or OmniSend, you're typically sending, sending through like shared IP. What do you mean by custom sending domain? Yes. So when you use Klaviyo, OmniSend, all these tools, you're, you're typically, your emails are being sent by a, um, a shared IP. So let's say this one IP would send emails from, let's say, 100 emailers. Let's say 10 of those emailers start spamming people. Yeah. This IP would be flagged as uh, as kind of like a sketchy or spammy spammy IP. So even if you send legit emails, your email deliverability can get impacted. So setting up a custom sending domain, which that's what Clavio calls it, or if you have your own sending infrastructure, that would be you having a dedicated IP um, and the dedicated SMTP servers. Uh, but typically for people that use third-party tools, that would be a custom sending domain. That means instead of you sending emails from a shared domain, you send them from your own uh, from your own domain. This basically removes the risk of a shared IP, but this also uh, there is also some risk involved that when you do this, you need to be less aggressive with your with your marketing and less aggressive with your with your sales emails because if you blast everyone in list. Yeah, you're gonna start going to the spam folder. Am I in saying that you would buy it? I mean, forgive my forgive my ignorance here, but you would go and buy mm -hmm. a domain. No, so you use your so it's basically you install a couple of uh, DNS records, your existing domain, to basically kind of like whitelist it to show Clavio or different tools that hey, don't send it through a shared IP, send it through our domain. Okay, so you would use so the emails would appear to come from the domain of the sender. Uh, they always appear to come from the from the from the sender. The difference is if you look at some emails and you know you look at the in Gmail, you have the small kind of like upside down triangle, 
if you tap on that, you can send, you can see, for example, send from info at brand.com and then via yes. BMSD, blah, 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 at Clavio.com. That's if you use a, a shared IP. If you set up a custom sending domain, you wouldn't send, you wouldn't see that sent via. It would just show okay. like your domain. So, so in order to do this, you need to make some changes to your DNS. You don't need to do, yes. there's, no, there's no costs involved or, I mean, is mm. this something that you, what, sorry? The, no, there's no cost involved. So is this something that a brand, I mean, presumably if you're doing lots of emails, this is something you need to do once and then it'll last you forever? Or, or uh, yes, yes, exactly. Like once you do it, you need to be very careful and, and warm up your sending domain for the first basically two, three weeks. So if you, let's say, have an email list of um, yeah, 100,000 people, you can't just set up a custom sending domain and blast all those 100,000 people. You want to take the most engaged customers, the people who open every single email, the people who have clicked on, you know, an email in the past two weeks, the past 30 days, so on and so forth, and slowly increase your list size. Your first email might go to, let's say, 10,000 people, then maybe 10,000 people again, increase to 15,000, 25,000, 35, 50, 60, so on and so forth until you build that up. That can take roughly two weeks. Your open rates are high and you're only sending to very, very engaged customers. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what we're doing there, yes. And another trick here is, this is a very special kind of an email. You send these, um, uh, we call them warm-up emails. You could also call them, you know, bait and hook emails. Uh, these are messages, again, they're purely text-based. But the difference between previous ones is these emails incentivize or we hook people uh, into replying to the email. What this does is this takes our send from email and saves it as a contact for the customer. So in Gmail or in Yahoo Mail, whatever uh, the tool they use, our messages, they skip the promotions folder and they go in the primary folder. So it's also like a little, little uh, life hack. Okay, great. Yes. So this is more of like a technical setup, the preparation, making sure we can re-engage as many people as we can. So when we start sending the promotions, um, we get as many people in email us and as many people to see the, the, the stuff we send. During November, we're gonna start the early sign-up and commitment phase. What we've done here is we, for our clients and the people we work with, we've created a, spe a special landing page where people can sign up to get early access to the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. Mm -hmm. We're sending our existing email list to this landing page, and we're also uh, having our clients run ads to this landing page. So during Q4, if you run paid media, uh, a lot of times the, the costs get pretty high and a lot of companies end up either lowering their budgets for prospecting campaigns or kind of like shutting them off entirely and just focusing on retargeting. Uh, this actually can allow you to still spend money on prospecting, but instead of you trying to go for conversions, we collect the emails. Typically, one email costs anywhere from one to five dollars. One to three dollars is the typically average. Five dollars could be if you have a very high AOV um, or a very competitive industry. And and last year we did something similar for the birth poster. And for every email collected, we generated ten dollars in sales. Okay. Which is a really good ROI. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So so there are two ways to two kind of like main traffic sources. One is email, the other one's paid ads. So paid ads for prospecting campaigns and also re remarketing campaigns. So people who already know the brand, but they haven't made the purchase yet. So yes, then this leads us, this is typically done until three weeks. And from the 19th, 20th, we actually start the early Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. Uh, that's when for the people who have opted in, 
we send them early access to Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. And uh, later in the podcast, we can talk about offers, creating offers, because everything in Black Friday for us is, is around the offers themselves. And throughout uh, the 20th to the 31st, we send two emails every single day to the okay. email list. So not just the people who signed up to get Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, but more of the people, the engaged people, the engaged list. And we send one email in the morning and one email in the evening to the people who didn't open the first email. So pretty aggressive, but you have to be aggressive in Black Friday, Cyber Monday. If you're not aggressive, you're just going to be drowned out by the competition, right? People want to see the offers. People want to see where they can spend their money. And you need to be aggressive enough. And you, you don't need to be afraid to be aggressive because everyone else is going to be. Brands that might email once a month are going to be emailing maybe two or three times that week, right? So to really stand out, you need to increase the frequency quite significantly. Okay. So yeah, that's that's the that's the general overview. With these emails, what we typically do is we create different kinds of offers. The four main offers we go for, number one is a create your own bundle pack, where we can have like a, a specific discount where people can, let's say, pick three products from the site. They can get a discount. They create their own bundle. Uh, mm -hmm. This is something so we like tested last year. Like a buy, what create a bundle? So like buy two get one free, or buy two get ten percent off. Yes and no. Yes and no. So we 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 do this differently. There's an app on Shopify. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but I can link it to you afterwards. Where it creates landing page where people can basically they can select three products and put them in a bundle and they get the discount. So that's what we're doing. It's not necessarily buy two, get one free. Um, those are different kinds of deals and those deals we also do. Uh, typically we have different kinds of offers. So we have this landing page. We have, as you, as you said, uh, buy one, get one free, buy two, get three free, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and we typically structure them into a low ticket offer. So under 50 bucks, uh, mid ticket offer, so around 100 bucks and a high ticket offer that could be, you know, 200, 300, $500, $500. So something ridiculously expensive. And we send these, when we're sending daily emails, we, we, we cycle between these offers. So for example, Monday, we could have the build your own bundle and maybe like a site wide offer. Tuesday is the low ticket. Um, Wednesday is the mid ticket. Uh, Thursday is the high ticket and Friday is basically all the all the offers combined. Saturday, Sunday, we kind of like extend the Black Friday sale and the Monday we go with the Cyber Monday sale. So that's that's how we typically structure that. Mm -hmm. The variety of offers allows different people and different um, uh, with different buying powers to see what they want because there are some people who just like to spend a lot of money. So you want to have that like super ridiculously high offered, uh, high, highly priced offer. So the people, uh, the kind of people who buy the who buy the new Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. More like the type of people that buy every single Apple product that comes out every year, right? Yes. Because they want the newest thing, and there are those people, and you you need to please them too because they're gonna they're gonna give you a lot. Because they got uh, loads of money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, that's right. a credit card dash, anyway. Well, that's a problem they're gonna they're gonna think of later. In Europe, actually, this winter is gonna this Q4 is gonna be interesting because um, we're seeing a, a very high spike in gas and electricity prices. Um, so we'll see how consumer can, how consumer behavior is affected in Europe. Um, consumers do like to spend money, especially when they see deals and you know with credit cards and and Klarna and buy now pay later tools. Um, they might spend money they don't have. 
which is not great for the economy, but but this Q4 well, might be the, the economy. Good for the economy in the short run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to capitalize on this Q4 because we don't know what the next year is going to be like. Uh, and too, too great looking at what we know here in, in Europe, for example. In the US, we'll see how it goes, but Europe specifically is, is not doing good. Yeah. So what stage are we on at the moment? Have we got to cyber? We got to, to Black Friday yet? Yes, so we did. I talked about the the two daily emails in Black Friday, so Monday week from the 20th uh, to the end of November the 31st. Okay, so what kind of, I mean, have, you got, have we finished talking about Black Friday? Should we move on to a new thing or have you got more to... You got more to add. Uh, to be fair, that's 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 like a, a, an overview of the strategy itself. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I've had uh, I've mentioned the most important things. Unless maybe okay. you have any questions. I've got another question for you. So, what does good performance look like for these emails? What would you expect in terms of I mean, forget I mean, open rate, conversion rate, and and other metrics? What are the, firstly, what are the important metrics, and what looks good on those important metrics? Good question. So. We typically, so there, there are a couple of ways to look at it. We look at email marketing from a macro and a micro scale, mostly on a macro scale. Uh, so this is looking month to month. What is the email performance like? Because email marketing consists out of two sides. We have the email flows and email campaigns. So flows are triggered behaviorally. Someone does something on the site. Someone abandons, abandons the checkout. We send them emails. Someone looks at the product and leaves. We send them emails. Uh, whereas campaigns are kind of like behavioral based, uh, behavior based targeting. Uh, not sorry, uh, disruption based uh, marketing, to where we decide when and what we send to a specific audience. The way we look at performance is first things first. We see what chunk of the revenue email marketing generates. Typically, this should be around 15 to 30%. Sometimes it can be higher than that. So if, for example, you have a business where email marketing generates only 10% of your, of your monthly revenue, you definitely should increase that. Even with, with products and, and uh, companies where you might have only one product, that's a high ticket product that can only be purchased once, email marketing still is a very powerful channel because uh, it's used primarily as a supportive marketing mechanism. So that's how you need to look at email marketing. You can have your paid ads, your SEO, the, the acquisition side, and then email marketing makes sure that more, most of these people, more of these people, they convert. So it's kind of like the rib cage in your body. Email marketing makes sure that more of these, this new traffic converts, and it makes sure these people at place an order come back and buy again. So to answer your question more directly, uh, on a macro scale, it's seeing that the email performance is at least 15, 30% of your total revenue, where exactly you're in the percentage bracket you're at. Uh, it depends on on your uh, industry and the types of products you have. Uh, and the other thing is per email, um, we like to look at on. So for, for email flows, we look at flow conversion rates. So let's say I'll, I'll go through the most important ones for an abandoned checkout flow. You should be converting at least six to nine percent of abandoned checkouts. That's the six, industry average. Six or, did you say six or nine or six? Six to, Six to nine percent. Okay, That's the industry so, average okay. for abandoned checkout recovery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We typically average anywhere from eight to sixteen percent. Um, but like, if you're in six nine and you set up emails yourself, you're good. If you're under that, there's a lot of work to be done. For uh, for example, welcome series. Welcome series is typically uh, connected with a pop up on the site. 
that's welcoming new customers, the new traffic on your site uh, with some sort of an offer, that typically should convert depending on your traffic and where which location you're selling to on the low end seven percent on the high end and that's something we see in scandinavian countries up to 30 percent of the new traffic okay um yeah typically within the us and most western countries that's going to be in range from like seven to fifteen percent in, in terms of the conversion rate then for for email marketing campaigns and for emails individually, open rate right now is something we don't necessarily look at as much because open rate after iOS 15 got kind of messed up. And to be fair, open rate never really was a great metric to look at. Um, if we look at email marketing and SMS marketing, a lot of times, especially for SMS, open rate is assumed, right? So what there's do you mean no by assumed? You mean, what do you mean by assumed? So for sms marketing you cannot track open rate yes. like think about it right there's no way for you to track open rate there's no pixel for emails you have a pixel but the reason why it's not accurate is because even pre ios 15 you'd have different bots and like anti anti malware softwares that check the emails before they arrive in oh, your yeah. inbox so before even a human sees it the email has been opened now some of the email service providers they're countering that by not counting the first or maybe the first and the second open as an actual open. Um, but, um, but still, it's not, not the best metric to look at. Um, we typically look at it if we see that there's a red flag, meaning the open rates are under 15%. Then there's a high likelihood you have del deliverability issues. Uh, if you're in a healthy, healthy, um, yeah, if you're email sending domain and sending AP is, is healthy, you're going to be in a range from 30 to 43% with right now iOS 15. Mm -hmm. The most important metric right now is click through rate and sales generated. So sales generated, they're going to vary brand per brand. Better for other brands, it's worse. We have a we have a brand where with one email we can generate zero and with next we can generate 30,000 because they sell a very high ticket product. That's why you need to have context a lot of times to, to see the performance. Really, we kind of, we kind of, um, for click through rate, you want to look, you want to be in a range from like on the lower end, 1% to 5% for so the email click through rate. Click through rate, sorry, tell us how that's, that's calculated. Yeah, so that's calculated from people that open the email to people that click. Okay, but you did, so, but how do you measure, therefore, presumably you have to measure the open rate. The number of people that open it, um, so open rate is important from that point of view. Yes and no, but click through it. Even if someone doesn't open, we can still track. Like even if still someone doesn't open per se, clicks are uh, clicks are calculated. Uh, sorry, tracked with UTMs. Right. Okay. So if someone clicks, we know for sure they clicked. Okay, so it's really the number of clicks, is it? Versus, so it's the number of emails you sent. The number of clicks divided by the number of emails you sent, or. Uh, it... number like it's it, it's they typically look at opens so opens to clicks and then they okay, calculate right, the yeah. click through, uh click through the rate um yeah that 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 is an important metric but typically within the tools you can see how many individual customers clicked on the actual email itself so you can see uh this is also how you can test the emails you can test long form versus short form emails and see what works but that's why I'm telling you, you need to have context um, for the clicks because you can write a longer form email, which generates less clicks, but it could generate higher conversions versus a short form email, which would generate a lot of clicks, 
but the traffic's quality, they're not as warm, so they don't, don't convert as much. So you need to, to look at click-through rate in alignment with the revenue. Is the click-through rate high and sales low? Is it medium and sales medium, or is it you know low and sales high? Because mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's typically what you get when you have context of the email account. Okay. So what are, the, what, are there any other metrics you would recommend looking at? Um, this is going to be the most important ones. So looking at total revenue, how much is coming from emails, that should be in a range from 15 to 30%. Uh, making sure open rates are not under 15%. If they are, you have deliverability issues, very likely. Then clicks, uh, click through rate, that, having that in like 1% to 5% range. And sales, that's going to be based on your, that's going to be based on your ticket. You need a bit more context there. Those are the, the main four metrics to track. And then the fifth one you could add if you want to go deeper is conversion rate per email flow. So if you have 100 people go in an email flow, how many of those people would convert? If you have 100 abandoned checkouts, how many of those checkouts convert? Because with that, that number, then you can optimize and see uh, and run split tests and see which, which, uh, which emails perform better. Okay. So what about SMS? And, and using SMS in conjunction with email, is that an effective, how, what's the best way to use that effectively? Yeah, great, great, great question. Typically, we align email and SMS together. So the way we do that is we talk about the same topic, the same content, but we send the messages out at different times. So let's say the SMS is sent at 4 p.m. and we send the email at 8 p.m. We do this because some people check their phone more often, some people check, you know, their emails more often um, and people are going to be diff different people are going to interact different ways with different marketing messages some people want to see a longer form copy email so you can't really send a long form text you can but it's going to be un unnecessarily expensive uh, or some people might see the text and might not see the email so you send them at different times around the same topic um, so if someone doesn't see the sms they see the email and vice versa Okay. And what about um, using social media in conjunction with, with email? I mean, do you add, do you post the same offers on social media, different offers? Do you, add, what's the best way of, I don't know, is, is it Instagram? I'm, I'm too old to use social media, but <laughs> how, would you, how would you use, what, what, what are the best, what's the best way to integrate them? Typically when it comes to, let's say sales like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and, and let's say Easter and larger sales, we all, line between email marketing and social media sometimes we might not because social media might be used as a top of funnel uh top of funnel or mid funnel mechanism whereas sorry top of funnel driver marketing is can be a lot more warm traffic so then for emails we can give better deals let's say the most loyal customers and we can segment that within the email itself so i'd say um i'd say it's worth it's worth a test for larger sales go for go for go for aligning the offers so they're you know you're, you're talking about the same thing uh on on a month-to-month -month basis i would say emails can be their own thing you don't need to like if you send an, an email with buy one get one free you, you don't need to start running the same thing on social media as well at the time uh, except if it's like a holiday okay what are your top tips for building an email list for building an email list i will tell you this uh product launches as much as, as it has nothing to do with emails, it has everything to do with emails. Mm -hmm. Because with, with product launches, you have a, a real value proposition for why someone, someone should leave your email. Uh, someone should leave their email and give that, give that to you. Oh, as so in, you as brought in, up we've a got topic. A, tell us, as in, tell us when your 
Tell us. Yes, know. when you're launching. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We can build the hype up around it. We actually had, so we had this uh, company we work with, they did a launch um, for a fitness app and we did 250 1K in 24 hours. Um, and we did that with an influencer uh, of 1.2 million followers. We collected an email that's of 40,000 people and 55% of those sales came from those emails, not the okay. influencer driving the traffic. Um, this allows us to have more ownership of our data because on social media, your page can get banned. Someone can take it down. Maybe there's a misunderstanding and you, you lose your voice to the customers with emails. You do have, there obviously are some algorithms with Gmail, Yahoo, so on and so forth, but you have that direct access to your customers to where you're not relying on like a massive black, black box of an algorithm on Instagram, let's say to where you post and you don't know whether your followers are going to see it. What is it? I mean, what is a good size list? I mean, I know it's how long is a piece of string, but what would you? Is there a way of thinking? You know, I, I do this many sales, I get. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. So, so for example, I mean, my retail company does about twelve thousand orders a month. What would you think would be a? How quickly should we be acquiring um, people for our list? And you know, what would be a good yeah. size list for a company like mine? So, um, through through the uh, online spectrum. You can set up a pop-up and you can typically convert five to 10% of your traffic into email subscribers. So if you do 12,000 orders a month, let me just quickly do some calculations. Um, we'll divide that by 600. 3%. Yeah. Like, like if it's oh, that... a 3% conversion rate, 400,000 people on the site. So we'd collect around uh, 20,000, 40,000 emails a month with just a pop-up on the site with some sort of a welcoming offer for new customers. Um, so then on top of that, we have people who abandon checkouts, people who are core buyers, abandon checkout rate, abandon cart rates down 10%, abandon checkouts by 5%. So let's say through that, there's going to be some overlap and we might get uh, best case scenario, 55,000 emails from that. And then we have included in that abandoned checkouts theoretically. So we'd have around like, yeah, 55,000 emails collected a month hypothetically uh, best case scenario on the lower end that could be like 35 something like that okay. so, so would you think the way to do that is to have like a like a sign up offer or something like that yes for sure definitely a pop-up but a pop-up that doesn't show immediately typically that it should be targeted targeted towards people who as I like to call are on the edge of buying meaning they've been on the site they've looked at the product but they still haven't gone to the cart or the checkout so we try to capture emails so we can sell to them today tomorrow three days from now a week from now, three months, so on and so forth. Um, uh, there are different offers. With... Sorry, carry on. Yeah, so there are different offers. You can give them a discount. You can have, for example, unlock, you know, buy buy two, get one free, and then they need to enter their email to unlock that offer. Um, or, or or it might be some sort of a giveaway. I'm not the biggest fan of giveaways, of giveaway offers, uh, because it, when it comes towards Typically, at the end of the month, people might not want to buy the product and wait for the results of the giveaway. To give you some competition, context, or something like that. Yeah, competitions work well. Competitions actually have this very cool hack where if you run a competition, I suggest you to announce the winner over email. So you announce the, the one main winner, and then you email in a text-based email everyone else who signed up for the competition, hey, Unfortunately, you didn't win the main prize, but congratulations, you won the runner prize. Here's, let's say, a $20 gift card for a shop. You don't want to give them a discount. You want to give them a, dis a gift card so it feels like they're getting money. 
but yeah. still it's kind of like a way to to bait them into into going to the shop and you know spending spending some some money and you can have you can have some rules to where this gift card can only be claimed if your average order value or if you spend uh let's say a hundred dollars on the site um that's why you know you're 100 profitable and you can look at your margins you can figure out what that number might be but that is a very very also effective way to collect the emails and also generate sales so competitions great uh, uh great great tool too okay. it, it would be similar to product launches pretty much okay so you think that running like if you have a pop-up and saying sign up to our email list and, and enter get a you know get a hundred pound voucher or something that would that would be the kind of thing that that, that might interest people yeah 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 okay. for sure time to experiment with. okay biggest mistakes in email marketing that you've seen um, what about the biggest one that you've done how about that <laughs> oh wow I'll start with the first question, I'll, then I'll go with, go to the next one. The biggest okay. mistakes I typically see across accounts are are two things. So I actually wrote a Twitter thread about uh, I audited 351 Clavia accounts, and these were the biggest the 11 lessons I learned. I won't go through all the the 11 lessons, about, but I'll go through the most important top keys. Five? I'll do yeah. top three because top three, uh, okay. <laughs> top those three. are the most important ones. So number one, it's uh, not having the right sequencing. This is typically the issue for smaller businesses. And by this, I mean people who, let's say, are doing less than $30,000 a month. You should be focusing on product market fit and acquisition, not email marketing. Email marketing is retention. If you do less than $30,000 a month in sales, you have other issues in not being able to acquire new customers and not having the right product market fit. So you need to have traffic coming to your site. You need to have sales before you install email marketing, before it's effective. Okay. Number two, this is going to be applicable towards businesses who already are experienced, who are generating sales. You're probably not sending enough emails. A lot of brands send one, two emails, four emails a month. We typically see it on average, if you do less than you know, 500K a month, you should be sending at least 12 emails a month. For brands that do, I, I was talking with a, a brand that does 100 million a year. They send three emails every single day. Okay. Right? The bigger the brand, the bigger your list, the more in depth you can segment people and the more you can send emails. And a lot of times your growth in email sales is going to come from increasing email frequency. But you do have to be careful with that because if you increase it too much, you're going to have a lot of churn in your email list, a lot of unsubscribes. Um, then the third, uh, the, the third biggest mistake I will probably say it's not hiring the right people for email marketing. We've seen that uh, for for brands, email isn't the sexiest thing. Like no one really wakes up and, and thinks, hey, how can I improve my email? You, you would probably try to focus more on paid ads and, and, and I don't know, inc increasing sales through Amazon. And what ends up happening is you might hire, let's say, a customer support rep to try to do your emails, your Facebook ads agency do your emails, and you end up having a very, very poor performance. Email marketing needs to have uh, great attention put into it because there's a lot of things to do. You have email flows where you have, uh, I'll just go through these, abandoned checkout, abandoned card, browse, site abandonment, welcome series, thank you, bounce back, win back. And you can add a lot more to it, but you need to build all those flows that you need to optimize them uh, every single month. And then you have email campaigns. So all of that, that's, that's a lot of work. Like for, for us, whenever we 
on, on one account, we have five people working on one account. It's like one person does, you know, comes and writes the emails. Uh, you need, you need, you need to have a proper team to generate and drive, you know, massive sales. Um, to go back to your question, what's the biggest mistake I did? Oof. I'd say, I'd say I learned this the hard way. Email deliverability. I sent, so there was, uh, there was a, a brand we were working with and we wanted to start off uh, getting sales very aggressively, very quickly. We were sending daily emails and after the first week emails were going spam mm -hmm. because we didn't properly warm up the, the uh, Okay, uh, get the email. basics right. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was when I started out. That's, you know, three, four years ago at this point. Um, but, but that has, that has ingrained a deep lesson into my mind and into our team that you need to focus on deliverability. It doesn't matter how good your email design is. If it's not hitting the inbox, it's pointless. You waste your time. Okay, cool. This has been very interesting. I've learned an awful lot. Um, so I've got one final question for you. What are you nerdy about? What's your, what's your thing when you're not, when you're not doing email? What? Sim racing. Sim racing. What's sim racing? So um, I, I like cars. I like sports, uh, like, you know, Formula One, so on and so forth. Uh, but I don't want to risk my life driving in a Ford F1 oh, car. Simulated racing, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Even if that would be a possibility, uh, it's a very rare that you get a chance to drive those cars. So I take them in, on a virtual lap and I, and I try to get better. I, I've actually hired a coach. I'm going around Nürburgring and he's teaching me how to get the tent off, you know, the car setups and, and how to do it. It's actually given me a lot of great lessons uh, for, for everything in business uh, because the amount of focus you need to have when you drive, it's, an, it's insane. You might have, you might, you know, have 10 great laps. The 11th lap, you make a, a stupid mistake, you're out the game. You have to have such high level of consistency and such high level of focus uh, that, that, you know, if you get that, you're able to take that into your work to where you, you know, you, for example, drive for an hour straight and every single corner, you're hitting your braking marks, you're, you're turning points, your, your accelerate acceleration points. Um, it's, it's, I'm geeking about it right uh, now. So, so is this like a kind of a VR thing or is it a, uh, you just got a screen and a, um, yeah, I, yeah, I sat yeah. so, in one of these kind of simulator things once it was quite, I can't remember if it was VR or not, but. Yeah, you have VR and you have, you have I have this ultra-wide ultra 34-inch monitor, so I have that. I sit, I sit there, uh, I have a, like a whole cockpit and, and a, uh, a very realistic steering wheel. Like if you would close your eyes and, you know, drive with it, it will feel like a real car. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a completely new setup. I don't have it in my office here, I have it in the, in the other house. So during the work week, I don't get distracted and I don't race. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but um yeah that's that's something i've, I've put together it, it's it's pretty fun uh, it's pretty fun yeah, it sounds quite cool cool that's different i like that um thanks very much for sharing your email tips with us and your tips for yes. black friday it's very timely thank you for having me okay thanks bye-bye all right take care adios